J-Bone here, and it is time to recap and review the 2023 Singapore Grand Prix, which, in my opinion, is far and away the race of the season thus far. Let's kick things off with everybody's favorite summarization. Here's the 2023 Singapore Grand Prix in 60 seconds. Neither Red Bull driver started the race in the top 10 because their car was doing weird stuff in qualifying, so we all went into this race expecting a good one, and we got it. The order was Sainz, Leclerc, Russell, Norris on lap 20 when Logan Sargent freedomed into the wall, which brought out the safety car and led to the first First crucial round of pit stops. Signs retained P1, but Ferrari messed up the timing of their double stack, which dropped Leclerc from P2 to P6 when he should have been P2 or P3. Things got very spicy with 20 laps remaining in the race when Ocon's car crapped out on him, which opened the door for Mercedes, who used a perfect double stack pit stop to put new sets of medium tires on their cars that gave them a massive tire advantage to end the race with. For the last 20 laps of the race, you truly had no idea if Signs, Norris, Russell, or Hamilton would pull off the win, and it ended up being a Signs Norris. Hamilton podium because Sainz skillfully used his bestie Lando Norris as a defender and then Russell bend it into the wall. Also, Oscar Piastri went from P17 to P7 and Liam Lawson finished in the points for the first time in just his third ever Grand Prix to get AlphaTauri their best results of the year. J-Bomb! In my Singapore Grand Preview, I gave you four Formula One storylines to follow for the 2023 Singapore Grand Prix. Let's see how those shaped up. Your first storyline to follow was, is Checo Perez about to win the Singapore Grand Prix and end Max Verstappen's 10-race winning streak? Max Verstappen's winning streak did indeed come to an end in Singapore, but it was not at the hands of Checo Perez. Not even close. It was at the hands of the smooth operator himself, Carlos Sainz. Smooth operator. Smooth operator. Carlos Sainz is on an absolute heater right now after getting pole position, a P3 finish, and driver of the day honors at Monza, and then following that up with a win from pole position and driver of the day honors again in Singapore to end Red Bull's streak of 15 consecutive race wins and Max Verstappen's streak of 10 consecutive race wins. As the stat man, Sean Kelly, pointed out, Ferrari have now played spoiler to the last two most famous perfect season bids which is just an interesting fact. And Carlos Sainz didn't just win in Singapore, he definitely earned some style points in the process. Why, you may ask? Carlos Sainz used a genius race strategy to win the Singapore Grand Prix and end Red Bull's Formula One winning streak. With 10 laps remaining in the race, George Russell passed Charles Leclerc to take third place. This was a huge deal because Russell was on a set of new medium tires that were 24 laps younger than race leader Carlos Sainz's hards. This tire age and compound difference enabled Russell to lap much quicker than Sainz, and it was looking like 10 laps would be enough time for Russell to get the win by passing Lando Norris in second place and then passing Sainz in first place. If Sainz wanted to win the race, he would have to drive masterfully, and that he did, but not by driving faster. He did it by driving slower. You see, in Formula One, if you're within one second of the car in front of you, you get to activate your DRS, or drag reduction system, which flips your rear wing down and thus reduces your car's drag, allowing you to drive faster to aid in overtaking the car ahead. Carlos Sainz's car was fast enough to keep Lando Norris's car more than a second behind him so Lando wouldn't get DRS, but Carlos intentionally kept Lando close enough to him that Lando would get to activate DRS, but far enough behind him to where Lando couldn't pass him so that Lando could then use the DRS he got from Signs to defend against George Russell. 
This strategy benefited both Signs and Norris, who I should note are like best friends in real life, which makes this story even more awesome. Usually you use DRS to overtake the car in front of you, but Carlos Signs was using the car behind him's DRS to defend against the car two cars behind him in what is one of the most clever race strategies I've ever seen that earned Signs the race win and Lando Norris second place. Your second storyline to follow was the Singapore Grand Prix has a new circuit layout that should make it way more exciting. And I personally think the new layout was a success as it helped the Mercedes cars catch up to Norris and Sainz, helped drivers who qualified out of position like Max, Checo, and Piastri execute entertaining overtakes, and sped the race up. Some people were worried that Singapore might get less chaotic with this layout change as the four turns that were removed caused many of Singapore's famous safety cars, but I'm happy to report after this race that Singapore remains as chaotic and entertaining as ever. There's been talk of keeping this straight and adding DRS to it for next season. We'll see what happens with that. My Singapore Grand Prix recap is sponsored by Bird Dogs, who make the best shorts and pants you will ever try on. And I promise I'm not just saying that because they pay me to, which they do, but that's not why I'm saying it. I literally wear Bird Dogs at least four days per week. I'm wearing a pair right now because they are my go-to shorts due to how incredibly comfortable they are. My favorite thing about bird dogs is that they come with underwear already built into them and that underwear does not ride up or bunch up like traditional underwear can. It's the greatest underwear ever and it's built into the shorts. Because the underwear is built into the shorts, it also cuts down on laundry, which is a nice additional benefit. You need to be wearing bird dogs, folks, and J-Bone has you covered with a special deal. Go to birddogs.com bone or enter promo code bone on birddogs.com for this free white tech hat with your order. Not this one, it's mine, but one just like it. It's an awesome hat made out of this lightweight tech material that feels great and is perfect for sports, going out in the boat, or just chilling out. That's birddogs.com bone and enter promo code bone to get this free white tech hat with your order of the best shorts and pants on the planet. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, I promise you. Your third storyline to follow was, will Mercedes, McLaren, Aston Martin, or Ferrari have a better Singapore Grand Prix? And oh man... When I came up with that storyline, I certainly did not expect three of those four teams to finish on the podium after all three having a shot at winning the race. I'm not a nerf Red Bull guy because, in my opinion, nerfing anybody defeats the purpose of a non-spec racing series, but this race highlights what the nerf Red Bull crowd are getting at because when you remove Red Bull from the front, the best of the rest are very close right now and provide extreme entertainment. In terms of who had the best Singapore Grand Prix of these four teams I mentioned, the answer is obviously Ferrari, as they won the race and could have maybe even had a 1-2 finish had they not gone full Ferrari mode by ruining Leclerc's chances at a podium through a botched double stack pit stop. Hmm, sound familiar? Hmm. After Ferrari, McLaren is the obvious choice as Lando got P2 and Oscar Piastri P7. If the Mercs had finished 3-4 like they should have, I would have given Mercedes the edge here. But alas, George did the thing on the last lap. Crikey! Mercedes still slot in after Ferrari because of Lewis's P3 and because Aston Martin had a weekend to forget. Side note, Lance Stroll did not compete in the race because of the amount of damage done to his car and body from his qualifying crash. And I'm just happy he's okay because that was a scary crash. Your final storyline to follow was F1 silly season is heating up in a big way. And what was four open 2024 driver seats is now three as Alfa Romeo have decided to re-sign Joe Guan Yu for another year. I'm not surprised about this at all as Joe is having a season that's not great, but that I don't believe is bad enough to warrant replacing him when you consider the fact that he could still very easily finish the season as Alfa Romeo's top driver, especially if Botas keeps DNFing like he 
did in Singapore. Zhou sticking around for 2024 means that when the Chinese Grand Prix finally returns to the calendar next year, if it in fact does, considering it keeps being added and removed from the calendar, Zhou, who is the first ever Chinese F1 driver, will be there competing in it, which should provide some great scenes. This means there are still three 2024 driver seats remaining to be filled, the Williams seat alongside Alex Albon, currently being sat in by Logan Sargent, and both AlphaTauri seats. As far as that Williams seat goes, Logan definitely did not help his case for remaining in it in Singapore, as he qualified P18 after not getting in a final lap because of Stroll's crash, and then he himself crashed during the race. Hopefully Logan can get some quality results logged sooner than later, as America needs to retain its F1 representation. Please, Logan. As far as AlphaTauri goes, for the first time in a while, let's take a call from the Bone Phone. Hey Jibon, I hope you're doing well. Um, I want to talk about how Liam Lawson is currently doing well at AlphaTauri right now. And I want to ask, do you think that he'll be given a seat at AlphaTauri or whatever AlphaTauri is going to be named next year? Or do you think that Checo is going and that Liam Lawson could be potentially be given a chance at Red Bull? The ongoing story of Formula One driver Liam Lawson is so crazy that it sounds made up. Red Bull Junior driver Liam Lawson was passed over twice for a 2023 Formula One seat with Alpha Tauri, losing out first to Nick DeVries and then a second time to Daniel Ricciardo when Alpha Tauri replaced Nick DeVries. Did he let that get to his head though? Nope. He proceeded to go to Japan and dominate racing in the seat he did have in Super Formula, getting up to second place in the Super Formula standings when the Super Formula break began at the end of August. Then, something happened that nobody could predict. Daniel Ricciardo broke his hand at Zandvoort, which meant Liam Lawson, as Red Bull and Alpha Tauri's reserve driver, was called upon to fill in for Daniel while he recovered, with the Qatar Grand Prix being targeted for Daniel's return. So Liam Lawson knows he probably has four Grand Prix to prove that he belongs in Formula One, and what does he do? Go the frick off. We're now three races into Liam Lawson's projected four-race deputization, and in the consensus worst car in the grid, Lawson has proceeded to improve two positions each race to go from an impressive P13 finish at a chaotic Dutch Grand Prix in his F1 debut to an even better P11 finish at Monza to an unbelievable P9 points finish in Singapore in just his third ever race, which, by the way, is AlphaTauri's best results all season. This dude got an opportunity and is absolutely seizing it. Try and tell me Liam Lawson does not deserve a full-time seat in F1. You can't. To answer the caller's question, do I think Lawson will get an AlphaTauri seat or a Red Bull one? I definitely do not see Liam Lawson getting Checo's seat at Red Bull for 2024, as Liam will have only had four F1 races under his belt by the time Daniel Ricciardo returns, and Red Bull will want someone more experienced to partner the very experienced Max Verstappen. However... At this point, I'd be shocked if Liam Lawson did not have a seat on the Formula One grid next year, whether that be with Alpha Tauri or with Williams. Remember that there is a Red Bull to Williams pipeline via Alex Albon, so Logan's seat could be Liam's. Next up, let's talk about Red Bull Racing's awful weekend. After winning every single race this season, Red Bull headed to Singapore with a remote but possible shot at locking up the World Constructors Championship. What do they do? Go and have their worst non-DNF team results since the 2020 Turkish Grand Prix. The Red Bull car looked off all weekend, and while we all thought they'd have their problems all fixed up for qualifying like they usually do, they went out there on Saturday and put on an absolute clinic of bizarre driving and machinery using that saw both Red Bull drivers miss Q3 for the first time in five years after Max Verstappen was ironically knocked out of Q2 
by Red Bull junior driver Liam Lawson in an AlphaTauri. Strictly for entertainment purposes, I would be all for us getting a repeat of these Red Bull problems in Suzuka this weekend, as the Singapore Grand Prix race win battle not containing a Red Bull car was very, very good and entertaining. But let's face it, Red Bull hate being embarrassed, and they're probably going to roll into Suzuka and get a 1-2 finish by like 20 seconds. Shout out to my sponsor, Indeed, which is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed is a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. Something that I love about Indeed, and the reason that I use it to hire here at Formula Bone, is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed's hiring platform matches you with quality candidates instantly. It's truly a one-stop hiring shop. It's amazing, okay? Indeed is just an unbelievably powerful hiring platform and it's the number one source of hires in the US according to Talent Nest. What you gotta do is start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com fbone. Offer good for a limited time, folks, so get in there. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash F-Bone. Just go to Indeed.com slash F-Bone and support the show by saying you heard about it on this podcast, Indeed.com slash F-Bone. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Finally today, here's how my three bona fide Singapore Grand Prix race predictions ended up. My first race prediction was that Checo Perez would win the Singapore Grand Prix and thus end Max Verstappen's win streak. And while Checo did not come even close to winning the race... I was right about Max's winning streak ending in Singapore, which I should have just predicted all along because that would have been a crazy prediction to come true and I would have been right, but whatever. So anyways, I'm still going to give myself a half point here and thus a half J-bone. Jeba! My second race prediction was that Lando Norris would finish on the Grand Prix podium after missing out on it the past three races and J-bone got that one right. Jeba! Lando defended against both Mercedes beautifully in the late stages of the race with a little help from his best friend Carlos to finish the race P2 and thus return to the podium just like J-Bone predicted. And my third race prediction was that neither Ferrari car would finish in the top five because they have not been doing well at high downforce circuits this season. Uh... So yes, I went to 1.5 for three with my predictions, a perfect 50%. You also may remember that I predicted the Singapore Grand Prix's top five finishers, and my predictions were as follows. P5, Fernando Alonso. P4, Lewis Hamilton. P3, Lando Norris. P2, Max Verstappen. P1, Checo Perez. And my 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 was a 15, 3, 2, 5, 8. Uh... Subscribe now so that I can see you back here later this week for my Japanese Grand Prix preview. Special shout out to my top Patreon supporters and YouTube channel members at Rated Bookie, Glow, and Gringo Swan. If you want your name shouted out in all my videos, along with a bunch of other awesome perks, hit up the Patreon and or YouTube channel member links in the description of this episode. Until next time, folks, J-Bone! J-Bone!